The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily NFL podcast. Eight shows a week. It's unbelievable. Uh, what is believable is that we have the author of Believe It or Not joining us today for the fantasy show, Heath Cummings. What's up, Heath? So happy to be here with you, Will. Wednesday is my favorite day of the week. <laughs> it's the only day where you talk to Adam Azer every day for some reason. For some reason, I actually really enjoy talking to Adam. Like, I feel like he, I don't know what it is when you get on Skype with him. Well, you only talk to him once a week. That's right. Yeah. If I had to talk to him multiple times, I would probably lose it. Um, yeah. So let's dive in week five. Do you feel more or less comfortable about your knowledge of the fantasy world and the NFL after four weeks of football than you did after three? Cause frankly, I don't know that a whole lot more is clear. I feel like there's muddled issues at running back unless you drafted the studs uh, all over the place. And, um, there are some by low opportunities at wide receiver, yet I find myself fearing, uh, my, my weekly disappointment at having drafted DeAndre Hopkins too much early on in drafts. Yeah. Last week did not give us a lot of clarity. More data is supposed to help, but when that data goes against the things that you previously believed, it doesn't necessarily. I do think that like exactly what you said about the by low wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins though is not the one that I'm concerned I drafted too much of. It's the guy who I actually drafted too much of. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. It's a problem. DeAndre Hopkins still has his quarterback. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's those types of things. Can, and then the other part of it is we've got some guys who have been injured, like Tyreek Hill, who came back to practice this week. They ready to practice on Wednesday. Like Damian Williams, who came back to practice this week. Like Saquon Barkley, who came back to practice this week. And so when a bunch of those guys come back, it's kind of going to change everything again. It's, this is, you just got to constantly adjust. Yeah. And, um, that's what we'll do. Tyreek potentially back. I think it might spell the end of the Miko Hardman run. If that didn't already end when he went for negative one points for you last week. Um, would you, if Tyreek play, if Tyreek practices Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, would you play him on Sunday? 100%. Yes. Um, Damian Williams, I believe is back at practice as well. If Damian Williams is active on Sunday, would you play Daryl Williams? No. Would you play LaShawn McCoy? Yes. And I'd probably just leave Damian Williams out of my lineup with Daryl for just leave the Williams sitting off to the side and we'll let them battle it out to see who's going to be the one relevant Williams in Kansas City. That's a lot of D Williams on uh on the bench. Um it's unfortunate. What uh 
what do you make of Cincinnati? Cause I think, I know that you kind of tweeted through it with your Andy Dalton love and that's okay. Like I, I get it. I, I like Dalton on Monday night too. I had some, I bet on some player props that I thought I would go over, including John Ross, which was going to go over until he got hurt and now he's out for a month. Um, what makes Andy Dalton interesting to me is that he is now playing the Cardinals who appear to be terrible. He's at home in a non primetime game. I don't necessarily think that was a primetime Dalton game. We talked about that. I don't think it fit the narrative. They're, they just suck. And they're bad in terms of protecting him. I am interested in an Andy Dalton, Alden Tate stack in DFS and an Andy Dalton in general. Am I insane? Thank you. So like over the last 18 hours, I've talked to Dave Richards. I've talked to Jamie Eisenberg. I've talked to Pete Prisco, Adam Azer, Ben Gretsch. Everyone I've spoken, Chris Harris, not even, doesn't even work at CBS. Everyone I've spoken to has acted like I'm just absolutely insane. Not only am I considering going back to Andy Dalton, he is a top 10 quarterback for me this week. The Arizona Cardinals have allowed at least 32 fantasy points in three of their first four games, and we learned absolutely nothing about Andy Dalton on, in that Monday night game. He is the same Andy Dalton he has ever been. He has incredibly high highs. He threw for 420 yards and two touchdowns at Seattle week one. He has incredibly embarrassingly bad lows. The problem for his public perception is that those bad lows have largely happened in standalone primetime games when everyone's watching, and the good games have mostly happened in non-televised games for uncompetitive Bengals teams. Mm -hmm. And so everyone thinks that he just sucks. He mm -hmm. doesn't. He's not good. He's average. Yeah, you're giving me an average quarterback against not just a bad Arizona defense, and they are very bad, but also an offense that wants to play fast paced and put up points against the Bengals bad defense. This game may just be the bonanza of the week. I'm going to have some Dalton and some Kyler Murray in DFS, and I'm starting both in regular fantasy leagues. Wow, I like it. Um, would you rather have uh, Kyler Murray or Jimmy Garoppolo this week? Uh, I'm going with Murray. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, has a nice schedule coming up. He gets Arizona uh, twice in the it's next like six weeks. Going to be really interesting uh, with them playing Cleveland. I don't think they can continue to do the thing that they have done so far. They've been the most run, like more run heavy than Minnesota mm. in terms of game adjusted script. They have run, run, run. They have one player on their team besides George Kittle who has double digit targets for the season. That's impossible. That's well, it's not yeah, possible. It's, it's really, happening. So, but it's, it doesn't sound possible. Yes. So I, 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 I think Garoppolo is fine this week. I'm not saying you can't start him, but I'm a little bit leery about the pass volume. By the way, that uh, there's some there's some big totals out there on the board this week. The Rams Seahawks game, forty nine and a half on a uh, on a Thursday night. Uh, that is tonight, of course, if you're listening to this podcast. We have 47 and a half for, uh, Bengals and Cardinals. We have 47 for Bucks and Saints. That's probably too high given the Saints defense and actually the Buccaneers defense, which is very good. Um, Falcons and Texans 48 and a half and, uh, Packers Cowboys 47. And of course, Sunday night, uh, which doesn't matter for DFS, but 56 and a half for Chiefs and Colts. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that, uh, nobody's going to want to play with the Bengals. No one's going to get, want to get near them. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like, let's just move to this alternate universe where a Tyler Eifert catches the ball that was perfectly placed in his hands in the end zone. Mm. They don't fall into that type of hole and they randomly score another touchdown later in the game. Andy Dalton would be the chalk this week against the Arizona Cardinals. 
Mm. If he put, no yeah. doubt about it. But yeah. He had a bad high-profile game, and so now his ownership is going to suffer because of it, and we are going to take advantage and profit. That's right. I see a over-under, uh, matching over-unders for Andy Dalton and Kyler Murray in terms of passing yards this week at 271. Those are big numbers. Those are big numbers. I mean, 271, I mean, like, Patrick Mahomes was 315 last week. So it's not, I mean, like, you don't get an average random quarterback with a 271 over under if he isn't about to have a big game. And I like Eifert this week, too. I mean, do you trust the idea that the Cardinals are legitimately bad against tight ends? I 100% trust that. Okay. I'm not sure I trust Tyler Eifert. He moves like us now. Uh, maybe slower. And... Um, he it has not been very good this year. CJ Ozama is a better athlete right now than Tyler Eifert. I think but, I actually thought Alden Tate was a tight end for a little while. He's built like one. He is that. That's what I, like you watch him. He is big, and you just look at him compared to Tyler Boyd, and even compared to John Ross. He getting off the bus. He's the wide receiver one. Yeah, hundred percent. He looks like a guy who could catch a bunch of passes. So I'm, I'm. I'm in on it. Uh, let's see. What else? I don't think Debo even put that on there. Melvin Gordon will be back this week. Thankfully, the Chargers didn't play him last week, Heath. That would have been malpractice from a, a standpoint of managing your season and managing your players' workloads and starting a your star running back who's been holding out against the stupid Dolphins. Um, are you starting him this week? Almost assuredly, yes. Now, I, I have several teams with Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. None of those teams have another good running back. That's where it would get interesting. If you had a top 10 running back plus Gordon and Eckler, I personally would start Eckler over Melvin Gordon this week. I expect in the very first game back for the touches to be pretty close to 50-50. And if you look over their career, Eckler has been more efficient with the touches he's received than Melvin Gordon has been. I expect him to do a little bit more in the passing game. So Eckler's a top 12 to 15 back, depending on format. Gordon is a top 18 to 20 back. Mm, okay. Um, I feel like if they get up big on Denver and they're, they're six and a half point favorites, the Broncos, by the way, have the uh, 27th defense by DVOA. That's, I don't know if you know that Heath, that's uh that's not good. Uh, the, the little numbers are better. Little numbers. Are, yeah. 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 The, the Broncos suck long story short, and they just <laughs> lost Bradley Chubb. I, I mean, I don't want to assume that the Chargers will blow them out, but the game script is really good for uh, Melvin Gordon having a bunch of carries early. And then the question is, do they want to feed him later? Do they get him off the field after like 15 to 20 carries? Because I can't imagine they're going to give him 25 carries in his first action back. Agreed. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be pretty, I, I've got them both for 15 touches this week. Okay. Um, is Eckler a must start in, in certain spots? In my opinion, he is a must start. Okay. And certainly in PPR, he's a must start, right? Right. Okay. Again, I'd rather start Eckler than Gordon in both formats. Okay. Um, ta, 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 ta. let's see. What about with the Buccaneers? Um, were you on, were you in on, uh, Ronald Jones before week four? Because I'm in on Ronald Jones going out of week four after watching him against the, uh, I think, I think the Buccaneers might be good. I was a Ronald Jones. No, I wouldn't say I was like a Ronald Jones doubter, more like a Ronald Jones mocker sure. uh, for most of the preseason. Understand. And I'm I'm ready to change my tune now. It's been four weeks. He's played three games where he didn't get dinged. There was that one game where he got dinged up. Peyton Barber got a lot of run in the second half. Mm-hmm. In the three games that he's played the entire game, he's averaged 16.3 touches per game, more than 90 yards per game. And that's with last week having like 75 yards taken away because of penalty. 
this is a bad, bad matchup against New Orleans Saints this week, especially in that building. But, no, I agree with you. The the Buccaneers do not look like the type of team that's going to get run out of the building very often, so they should be able to continue running. He's been their best running back. I'm in on Ronald Jones. Yeah. Uh, he was, I actually stashed him in a couple spots before last week, hoping he might do something like he did. Uh, it, you know, if, if for some reason he didn't get claimed on waivers and he's still out there, by all means, go scoop him up right now. What about OJ Howard? Are you, uh, you dropping him, holding on, trying to trade? I mean, you can't really trade him, I don't think, at this uh, point. Oh, no. I mean, you, you might be able to, like, trade him for, I, I can't think of anything. Would like, you, maybe, would you, would you trade for him? No, no. I, I, the problem is it's working. Like things are turning around in Tampa Bay. They look good. They threw for 300 plus yards and OJ Howard was not really a part of it. Um, I have him in several leagues and it, but the way I've handled him has been dependent on how the team is doing. Like I've got him in a couple, a league where I'm four and oh and three and one. It's a really good team. And I'm just going to keep him in the starting lineup. I sure. think it's going to turn around at some point. I hope. Sure. Um, I've got him in a couple leagues where I'm one and three and I dropped him in for Tyler Eifert in one of those leagues to stream wow. Eifert. Wow. Just because you know that this week means. Yeah, I gotta win. Okay. Uh, what, are you gonna ride Will Disley? You know, they got to play the Cardinals and he had another good game. I think yep. it's, I think it's too hard to trade him. Like if you have a George Kittle or Zach Ertz, you could trade one of them and try to hold Disley. Is, is he, w- would you advise that or are you? Are I you don't gonna... know if I'm confident enough to trade a Kittle or an Ertz or a Kelsey, but anyone else, I would be doing that. I, I think he's mostly good. Um, like you look at his production just in the games that he's played and not got a hurt. He is good. He is in Bible study with Russell Wilson. So like, mm. like there's a narrative for you. You and, uh, like you and Dave Richard. You yes. Like Bible me study. and Dave Richard. Yeah. And like, you, and, you and Pete Briscoe are in the same Bible study, right? <laughs> that, that Ben Gretsch referenced last week was before Nick Vanette was traded away, they were splitting pass routes almost evenly. Mm. Wood Disley was just performing. Yeah. So should he should have more involvement in the passing game moving forward, not less. I like him as a top 10 tight end the rest of the way. Okay, wow. Uh, what about the Colts situation? I, I had somebody DM me a, a little while ago, and they had – I thought this was just a very interesting situation. Um, they have four running backs, okay? They have uh, Melvin Gordon, Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, and Damian Williams. Hmm. And it's a problem. He's like, who should I start? I was like, well, look, here's the deal. You kind of have to start Melvin Gordon because he's back against a bad defense. He's the Chargers featured back. He's going to get 15 to 20 carries probably or 15 to 20 touches. And more importantly, you can't go into the weekend with Mac and Damian Williams as your starting running back when they're both on Sunday night because if one of them is surprisingly inactive, you're completely screwed. So I said go with Gordon, Bench Michelle, and then go with whichever Mac or Williams is uh, is active and, and most healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it depends. That makes sense as long as they're not both game time decisions on Sunday morning. Right. Oh, if they're both, if we if we hear that they're both going to play on Sunday night by right. Sunday morning and they practice all week, that's a different story. Then I would go Mac and Williams as my two running. Well, I, I would I would go Gordon and Mac. I think. Okay. In scenario. The only scenario where I'm starting Michelle is if Sunday morning we're not getting something from Chef Schefter or Ian Rapport telling us their status and they're just true game time decisions on Sunday night, then you've just got to start the two guys that are playing during the day. I, you think you think well if like Mac and if Mac or Williams if Williams or Mac practices Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
I think you feel good about that person playing on Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know if Mac's going to practice. If Mac doesn't practice, you cannot start both Mac and Williams. This was my point. It's like you have to think about the game theory involved in here. You can't just be like, well, those are the two best choices. I'll go with them. Because then you, then you have to find somebody from the Browns or 49ers to pick up, uh, for, for Monday. My, but my, my, I guess my larger question is, what are you doing with the, um, Indianapolis backfield in the event that Mac does not play? Uh, Naheem Hines. My guy, pass catching guy, my Fortnite buddy, uh, pass catching running back, and uh, and then Jordan uh, Wilkins, who was a high drafted, medium drafted guy who hasn't done anything. They've both got warts. Uh, Wilkins, that Hines is there and taking work in the passing game. Though I do, I would, if you told me for sure Mac was out, I would like Wilkins better in non PPR because I expect the Colts to try to do what the Lions did, take the air out of the ball a little bit, run, and you can run on the Chiefs. They're giving up almost six point nine yards per carry. Hines has similar value whether Mac plays or not because they're not going to use Mac very much in the hurry-up offense, and they're probably going to be in the hurry-up offense for most of the fourth quarter. My only problem with him, and, and apologies in advance, they've thrown the ball to him 97 times in his career. He's acquired 499 yards. That's 4.9 yards per target. That's like almost Carlos Hyde bad. Yeah, it's not great. He hadn't had any explosive runs yet. No. No, he's I, so I don't get too excited about either of them. They they wouldn't be top twenty five running backs for me, but they're fine flexes if, if Mac doesn't play. Would you drop uh, Miko Hardman for Naheem Hines at this point? Yes. Okay. Would you start Naheem Hines or Frank Gore this week? I'm probably going to start Gore. Um, I, I would start Hines over Gore in PPR if Marlon Mack was out. Yeah. I, I think if, I think because of the, the team that they're playing, the Chiefs, and because the Colts defense is bad, that if, uh, if Mack were to be out in this game script, Hines could be very valuable. Sure. But if Mack is in, it would be very difficult to play, uh, Naheem Hines. And either way, it's got to be a format where catches count. To even you have to have any sort of PPR to start Hines is what you're saying. Yes, like you wouldn't start him no matter if Mac is out. You wouldn't start him in a uh, standard league. I'd prefer Wilkins. Okay, all right, interesting. Um, moving along, what would you do with Wayne Gallman right now? Because I know what I'd do. I'm dumping Wayne Gallman. I'm selling him to the Saquon owner as fast as I possibly can. I'm just trying to find some way to make my team better. Whether that is Gallman and a second running back for a better running back, Gallman and a second receiver for a better receiver, Gallman and a tight end for a good tight, like I just make my team better in some way. You don't have to give me a lot. Um, Barkley's already back at practice and look like I kind of mocked it first when they showed the. Yeah, he's the, he's gonna be back in like two weeks. They showed the Sasquatch video of him running like fifty yards away from the camera, and you could barely even tell it was Barkley. Um, but then they showed some more updated video and it looked like he looked good. So yeah, get rid of Goldman. Uh, I got an interesting one for you. Am I allowed to, I think you're in this league. Am I allowed to ask you about a trade if you're, if you're in a league? Probably Absolutely. Not. Yeah. Okay. 100%. So when, when the Barkley news popped up, I went out and made a, a bunch of like, like blasted people with Barkley offers, right? Like, like, like when, you know, when, cause maybe people might, you know, maybe people might not get the alert that he's back and out there. And I, like, I think he'll be back in two weeks and I think Gallman's going to be worthless. Um, I assume these were bad Barkley offers. They were, I have one was to Adam Azer. In fact, I ran it by someone. They were like, that's a bad offer. And I offered it to Azer and he texted me. He was like, I might take that. I was like, oh, yes, this would be too perfect. Uh, but I just got offered one back. 
Saquon Barkley and Jordan Atkins, Jordan Akins for the tight end from Houston for Nick Chubb. What's your record? Uh, I am three and one in this league. I, I would make that deal. You have to take Barkley, right? I would make that deal. Yep. And then all of a sudden you have Barkley and I have Marlon Mack and, uh, Oh, not a whole lot else after that. I hope I'm playing you this week, but you should make that deal. <laughs> let's see if, uh, let's see who's playing. <laughs> oh, I'm, playing play. I'm playing Jamie Eisenberg, who does not have a legal lineup. Oh, okay. That's something. Good for him. Uh, oh God. He has, he doesn't have a quarter. Oh yeah. Ooh. Actually, his team's pretty good. Yeah. How's he two and two? He has Jameis Winston, Mark Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Cooks, Zach Ertz. How's he, how's he losing this league? Jamie, you suck at your job, buddy. Um, <laughs> would you? I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, would you, what, what are you doing about Golden Tate? Speaking of the Giants, I tried. I had him. I had him in a couple of leagues. I added him where I could. I I think he'd be pretty valuable the rest of the way. I prefer Auden Tate. Oh, oh, really? Like seriously, I'd rather have him this week for sure. I I I, I am skeptical that Golden Tate will have an immediate impact. And the problem is we know the floor, like it's his very first game back. He has limited rapport built with Daniel Jones. They already have Shepard and Ingram, who he's been throwing to. So the floor is exceptionally low, and I don't know how this high the ceiling is really against Minnesota. Once we get a couple weeks in, I would anticipate that Tate's going to be a number three wide receiver, just barely behind Shepard in terms of value. Hmm. Okay. I I feel like Golden Tate could be a big factor with this offense. He could be. He's the sort of like when you think about how he's worked in his career, he's a very, like, not a playground-style guy, but he can move the way he moves. Like, I think it's a big ding for Sterling Shepard getting him back. Well, that this is the question, and that could be right. And I think this is an answer we don't know unless unless you've seen something. I don't know which of the two of them plays the slot. Oh, that's a good question. We don't know. We, we if Golden Tate's outside and Sterling Shepard's in the slot, then I'd have no interest in Golden Tate. If Tate's in the slot and Shepard's outside, it gets really a lot more interesting. That's a that's a great point, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I I, I don't think anybody does. Um, it don't it doesn't probably doesn't ding Mark Ingram too much. I mean uh, Evan Ingram, Mark Ingram. I don't think it'll have any impact on Mark Ingram at all. Okay. Um, I think it's actually better for Evan Ingram though, because he's kind of struggled the two weeks that he's been without either Barkley or Shepard when there's only one other guy and teams can give to him that much attention. He hasn't done much. That's a good point. So if we can get through, if we can get Barkley back, Tate and Shepard, it could be time for Ingram to take off again. So maybe, oh. this, maybe this is time to buy low on Evan Ingram. Yeah, it could be. Would you trade if you had, did I ask you this about Patrick Mahomes last week? We, let, let, trade, trade Wayne Gallman and Will Disley for <laughs> Evan Ingram. That's not a terrible deal. Um, I mean, it's a terrible deal for the guy giving up Ingram. Would you, uh, did I ask you this in, in Dynasty? Would you, if you had Patrick, did I ask you this last week already? Patrick, if you had Patrick Mahomes, would you trade Russell Wilson as a second QB for Evan Ingram in a Dynasty League? I think you did ask me that. I don't recall what I said. I don't think I would. You would hold on to Russell. Oh, I think I'd take Ingram. Yeah, I would deal, if, I'm saying if you have already have Mahomes, like, yes. and you never start Russell, you can never start Russell, you trade him for, for Evan Ingram, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, by the way, John Ross placed on injured reserve, which means that he will be out at least six to eight weeks, I believe, probably six, uh, for those that, um, that we're hoping for some breaking news in the middle of this podcast. Other wide receivers who have not performed as well as John Ross, but were drafted very high, uh, scale of one to ten, what is your concern level? One being, <laughs> and ten being, <laughs> or something in the middle there. Um, you're not, one being you're not concerned, ten being you're freaking petrified. 
for these guys. Juju Smith-Schuster. This is a lot like the worryometer. Concernometer. Concernometer, yeah. Ten. The concernometer. Ten. Yeah. I am a ten with Juju as well. I'm scared. I, I'm not saying. You can say it. We'll bleep it out. I, I'm terrified. Are you scared I, I am scared <laughs> Sorry. So we'll bleep but, it out. Yes. So. Uh, I'm still starting him. Diva's like, man, why you got it? I'm sitting here with him. I'm like, I know he has to do more work. No, no, I, no, no, no. I'll send him my file and I'll bleep it out. It'll be fine. You're just egging me on though. And I, I always, like you go back through my history. I caved peer pressure. Sure. <laughs> no matter what it is. The one thing about Juju that would be interesting is if we get a squeaky wheel game against Baltimore, who doesn't have, like we don't, the, the Baltimore defense is not good. They're not great. I mean, Marlon Humphrey is, is a pretty, they have, they have players, but they haven't been great. If we could get a squeaky wheel, 10 catch, 125 yard game from Juju somehow against Baltimore, maybe you, you go out and pedal him as fast as possible. The, the problem with that is, did you watch Thursday nights? It's Monday night, but yes, it's not going to happen. Or Monday night. He, he, he was not throwing fits on the sideline. He was giggling and trying to get the punter to talk about his girlfriends on the microphone. He yeah. was having fun. Yeah. His team was winning. He he had no problem whatsoever. I did he, I did see at the end Randy Frickner like kind of gave him a hug and was like you could tell he was a little frustrated. I just assumed that Juju had asked him some story and and Frickner was was laughing with him about how he was trying to get him to say a bad word on the broadcast. Might, or maybe he was like, "Hey man, would you would you trade for me in our fantasy league on the Steelers?" And Fickner's like, "No, I'm sorry, bro, I can't do or that." Or maybe he was like, "Can you imagine what Antonio Brown would have done if he was on <laughs> a game like this?" I know it's insane. Uh, yeah, I mean, Juju, you're just sort of dead in the water with Juju. I think unless you can package him and somebody else to a team that's owned four for like Hopkins. I mean, you would definitely trade Juju for Hopkins or any. Would you trade Juju for Devonte Adams? Uh, no. Because Devontae, we don't know how long he's going to be out. It could be. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, you would trade. All right. What is your level of concern? One to 10, uh, with, with DeAndre Hopkins? Three. Okay. There is a, a little bit of a building trend here that when they have multiple other options to pass to, his target share goes down a little bit. And so maybe he's only going to be a top five wide receiver this year instead of the number one wide receiver, but mostly I'm not that concerned. Kenny Stills, by the way, banged up, so that could potentially help him in terms of targets. And Hopkins had, if if Deshaun Watson can get it together deep down the field, he'll catch balls. I yeah. mean, Hopkins had opportunity. So did Will Fuller. I like both to have a bounce back week this week. Uh, concern scale for Odell Beckham? Four and a half. Oh, you're more concerned with Odell. Oh, I'm definitely more concerned with Odell just because it seems far more likely that he's going to get mad and like throw a fit and he and Baker have a problem. And also Baker's not I, I have much less confident in, in him as a passer than I do Watson. He's not good. I'm not sure if he's good or not. <laughs> but we probably jumped on the idea that he was a little too fast. He may be like the biggest mistake in fantasy drafts this year. Well, maybe. I didn't I didn't make it personally. Oh Juju uh, except Juju. Yeah. <laughs> or Jay Howard. Yeah. Um Freddie Kitchens may be the biggest mistake at head coach. Mm. Like he doesn't seem like he can manage all of this. Mm-mm. So yeah, I'm I'm more like I think Beckham gets it back on track this week. He's a I got him like number two overall wide receiver. I think he's gonna be fine, but I'm concerned. Okay. Um Devontae Adams. Six, just because he's got a turf toe and those can that can really linger. He wouldn't, he couldn't get back on the field Thursday. Like he had his helmet on and he was standing there and he apparently did the interview holding his shoe up because yep. it hurt too much to put on his foot. That's, 
that's a concern for sure. Um, Mike Evans is on here, Debo. I would say my concern on Mike Evans is a zero, right? I wouldn't say it's a zero. He's only had one good game. He had two good games. He had kind of a good game last week. I mean, he had a good numbers game. He wasn't. That's true. true. Okay. So yeah, one and a half. All right. Would you trade Mike Evans for Chris Godwin? No, that's just a trade I wouldn't do. Out of principle? No, I'm just going to like, (laughs) I don't know which of these guys is going to be better. I'm going to stick with the one I have. Um, sounds like Christian Kirk is not going to play this week either. Does that matter for your Kyler Murray shares? A little bit more. It just makes me more excited about Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Okay. Uh, all right, let's take a break. And, uh, maybe we'll talk about Larry Fitzgerald as a play in DFS after that. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. All right, DFS time. You know, Heath, uh, I, I took my plan. I took my, uh, my strategy last week. I had a process and, uh, I lost all my money. All, all of it? Most of it. Yeah. Most of it. I think, I think I figured out what I did wrong with my, my new process. I picked all my games and then I did my lineups, but I tinkered a little bit late, which is a no, no. Um, I didn't play enough cash and, uh, I didn't create a finite enough player pool. I don't think. Yeah, the, the, the not fun part about DFS is that you really should be playing more in cash than you are in tournaments. Yeah, that's not fun. What, what fun is, what I might win, I might, might double my double money. Double my money, 100% ROI, that's preposterous. I have no interest in that. Yeah. I would like to win thousands of dollars right now. I know. It's like, yeah, like you bet on a golf match. Like I, I like a four, grinding out a four day golf match is great. You double your money, but I want that tournament winner that never happens. Um, yeah, you're not going to do well. You might win that tournament like you won a couple of weeks ago where you win a couple of bucks. I won, I mean, no, I mean, I won $135 on $3. Like the ROI was insane, but I just played the wrong tournament. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, but I think, I think how important is it to you to have a, a specific player pool of guys you're going to attack? For the most. Well, I guess let me ask it a different way. How do you create your player pool? And I mean, of course you have guys that you'll, you know, we, we do with this stuff. So like it's not hard for you or me to, Look at a list of guys and say, all right, I know who's, who's where and where I want to put people in. But like, do you have a group of like four quarterbacks you're going to use each week? 
It's more so with quarterback that I do that with any other. Like my system for other positions is not going to be very helpful for everyone else because I am looking at a spreadsheet right now yeah. that has projected points that I have done and their FanDuel cost and a points per dollar value for every player. Oh. And then I usually just use an optimizer to build my own lineups. Uh, but I do generally start with four to five quarterbacks each week, and that's playing 150 tournament lineups. And I'm going to play 30 to 40 lineups with each quarterback. Um, this week, Lamar Jackson is the highest projected quarterback that I have mm. in terms of fantasy points, and the price difference isn't enough to where I'd shy away from him. So I, I'm probably like – but preliminarily, I'm looking at playing Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray. Okay. Is uh, and then I will build like just to get a little deeper into the weeds. I will build these Andy Dalton teams. I'm going to have several stacks with Dalton and Boyd. I'm going to have several with Dalton and Tate. Yeah. Several with Dalton and Boyd and Tate. Some Dalton and Boyd and Eifert. Like. Those quarterbacks that I'm playing, I'm going to try to get all just about all the combinations I can. So that way, if for some reason Alden Tate doesn't go off, which I mean, like, there's not a it's not a guarantee that Alden Tate is going to go off. You're protected in that sense, and that and that's how you want to do like stagger the guys, right? All right. So if you played, let's say you played, if you played in um, five events, not counting cash, would you have five different lineups? Five tournaments. Yeah, let's say you play in five different tournaments. Well, if I was going to play, I would look at it more as how many lineups do I want to play okay. and then just play whatever you want in terms of contests. I, what I don't like personally, and this is just a weird me thing, I don't like playing five lineups and playing one of them in the $1 GBP, one of them in the 2 one of them in the 5 one of them in the 10 and one in the 25 because if that $1 one is the best lineup I had all week. You end up like me and you cash $135 and you're irate. Yes. Yeah, I, I, it makes me really mad. I didn't want to make you bleep anything else out, Dave. Deeps. Deep Deeps? Deeps. I just called him Deeps. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, just trying to look at a little game theory for the listeners. So you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Who would you, uh, who would you stack him with if you were stacking Lamar? Oh, for sure. Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews will be the two that I use. I, I not, like, I like Miles Boykin, but he's just not getting the work right now. You could, if you wanted to be really creative, use Hayden Hurst or hope for a Nick Boyle. Touchdown. I'm not that interested in putting Lamar Jackson with Mark Ingram. I will probably have some Lamar Jackson with one of those targets and Juju. Oh. Because you're going to need Pittsburgh to score some points if you want Lamar to keep passing. That's, that's, I, I actually, I think that Juju, again, I'm not, I know he wasn't complaining, but I think it's, you know, you want to make your stars happy. You don't want Juju to have a crap season. So I could see that working. I also like the market. I like the Marquise Brown thing. He was chalky last week. Right. And this is the other thing that happened to me too, is I put together a bunch of lineups on like, uh, I think it was like Friday maybe. I stayed up and drank a bunch of beer, put together some lineups. And then like I was looking at them on like Saturday night or Sunday morning. I was like, Oh my God, I'm a donkey. Like all of these are, all of these are chalk. Well, and the real problem was like, and I wrote about this this week in the running back preview, Christian McCaffrey's going to be chalk again. Last week, I think his ownership was like 35, 40% in the tournament that I played in. I had him in 75% of my lineups, and I, they need to price him at $10,000 if they want people to stop playing him. Yeah. I mean, like, you have to play him. Yeah. Uh, okay. I like the Marquise Brown thing, though, because I don't think – I think people will be off of him after him being chalky last week, so I would expect that he 
is a pretty good value. And if you get a couple deep shots from Lamar Jackson there, he's going to have a big game. Uh, Kyle Allen is a contrarian play. I am Ron yeah, Burgundy. As long as Jalen Ramsey's back or what, or cold or family matters or whatever he's not mm. playing because of, um, as long as Jalen Ramsey's not playing, we just saw Joe Flacco light this defense up. We saw, obviously, Patrick Mahomes did it earlier. Gardner Minshew threw for 300 yards against them. Or Marcus Mariota threw for 300 yards against them. Gardner Minshew didn't. He plays on their team. Um, I don't know that this is a terribly difficult matchup, and we saw Kyle Allen's price crater back down because of one bad game against Houston. And it wasn't even a bad game. He just didn't – Houston's defense is good. They pressured him. He fumbled a bunch. Uh, he didn't throw any touchdowns. So I guess it was a, it was a bad game. Uh <laughs> The, I like that. I like that as a uh, contrarian play though. I think, I don't think people will be Kyle Allen. Um, would you play Curtis Samuel with him or would you just stick with Christian McCaffrey as your? I would probably, like if I, if I, I'm not sure how much I'm going to play of him, but I'd want to have a little DJ Moore and a little Curtis Samuel. I've been terrified by how Moore's targets have gone down since Allen's taken over, but like the passes to Curtis Samuel aren't working. And I know he practiced really well, but He's averaged 6.7 yards per target for his career. He's averaging 6.7 yards per target this season. Let's just throw the ball to DJ Moore. He's only catching 51%, 51 51.6% of his passes, Samuel is. I will tell you this. They took multiple deep shots to Curtis Samuel last week, and they were close to being completed. I think one drew a pass interference flag, and one was in double coverage, and he could have reeled in for a touchdown. I would not be surprised – if Curtis Samuel, based on the number of targets that he's gotten from since Kyle Allen's taken over seven and seven, had thirteen, of course, against Tampa Bay with uh, with with uh, Cam Newton in there, I would not be surprised if he had another good game. Just because sure. I, I don't think there's a good matchup for him uh, in terms of this. At running back, you mentioned McCaffrey. I mean, is it like is it a auto? Lock? I mean, auto lock at running back. I mean, I he, I won't have him in all 150 lineups. <laughs> okay. But it might be 125. Okay. So you're playing, uh, like, it doesn't matter, like, you're just playing a, a big percentage of him. Yeah. Like, it, like, it, obviously he's projected for the most fan duel points yeah. in my projections, but it's not just that. Even with his price tag, he is the best value. Really? Yes. Almost three points not, per dollar. Like, yeah. Well, it's not actually three points, but three points per dollar if you're viewing it as 9.1 instead of 9,100. Okay. So you so, just, I mean, you just have to build a lineup around Christian McCaffrey, basically. It's not that difficult. No, but it's 8,700 on, 9,100 on FanDuel, 8,700 on DraftKings. It's not that insane. You've got Auden Tate. Right. Um, you've got Marquise Brown, less than 6,000. You've got Larry Fitzgerald at less than 6,000. It's, it's not hard to play McCaffrey, unfortunately, because everyone's going to do it. It's basically just a contest like who can put the most points around Christian McCaffrey this week. Is there, are there any of the, the big, the other big three that you would zigzag to? I guess the, I call them the other big three. Like Kamara, uh, 8,600 on DraftKings, uh, New Orleans hosting Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's been very good defensively. Uh, Dalvin Cook at the Giants are actually good against the run, but I don't know if that matters this week. And then Zeke Elliott against the Packers who are terrible against the run. Would you, would you, I mean, would you zig to one of those guys or would you go lower priced? Yeah, I'm looking at the FanDuel price here and Kamara's 82 and Zeke's 88. And I actually like Kamara better than Zeke. 
So I, I, I'd go with Kamara. Okay. And I'll probably have some lineups where you go McCaffrey and Kamara and just go real cheap at wide receiver. Ooh, I kind of like that. Uh, David Montgomery is a guy that you mentioned, uh, or you have listed as a contrarian player on running back. Seen a significant rise in his offensive snaps. 38, 45, 65, 69. Very nice. Uh, what do you think about David Montgomery this week? Yes. And he's <laughs> getting touches as well. So yeah, great matchup against the Raiders. I, I love him. Just 5,700 on FanDuel. He will be a flex in a lot of those lineups, or he'll just be slotted there next to McCaffrey. I mean, in theory, the Bears should be up big and saying, we don't want Chase Daniel to have to do much work. David Montgomery, it is your time to shine against the Raiders. Speaking of that, and I, I want to know how controversial this is. Okay. I don't know that either the Bears pass catchers or the Bills pass catchers are seeing a significant downgrade this week from what they have seen so far this season. I would agree with that. Uh, except for the fact that, uh, John Brown, and I understand that he and Josh Allen have not hooked up often. I don't think I'm playing any Bills offensive guys, maybe aside from Frank Gore, uh, in a de- in desperate standard fantasy leagues, uh, where I need running back against the Titans defense. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a huge downgrade. Like Matthew Bar- Berkeley's been better as a passer than Josh Allen in their careers. Probably, yes. Yeah. Probably. Um, but no, you're probably right. I can't, uh. Okay. That was just. No, I don't think it's controversial. Like, I mean, I think we've talked about this a bunch with like Sean and, and Ryan on here. It's like, I think people are like, that's a real shame. Mitch has to miss a few weeks. That's a real shame. Hope he's not up for the season. So we have to roll with Chase Daniel the whole time. I mean, like, you know, like they don't, I, f- I feel like that's where Bears fans are. The upside of Chase Daniel is, uh, is much lower than what Trubisky has been at his best. Of course. That's not the Trubisky we're getting right now. That's right. Uh, wide receivers in daily fantasy. Keenan Allen. Did Keenan Allen's price plummet? I don't understand. Like, he's the number one wide receiver in fantasy. We talked about last week how he was still like $700 less than all these elite wide receivers. He did not have a good game against the Dolphins. Fine. Now his price is below $8,000. He's still my number one wide receiver for the week, just in any format, whether you're talking DFS or not. He's 7500 on FanDuel, cheaper than a, a variety of wide receivers, or at least five or six. Um, I'm going to play all the Keenan Allen once again. Like My lineups are going to start much with the same guys they started with last week, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. Do uh, Would you rather have... Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins in Daily Fantasy? I would much rather have Keenan Allen at a thousand dollar discount. Okay. Do you think that, are you concerned at all that Chris Harris could end up uh, shadowing him? I certainly think it's possible. Keenan Allen's had some good games with Chris Harris shadowing him. Okay. That's true too. I mean, Keenan, like, Keenan can do damage out of the slot, but they have a guy like Harris who can move to the slot. I mean, frankly, the Broncos have been terrible. Vic Fangio, like, th- there's no reason to be scared of playing the Broncos on defense, right? I mean, no, and I, and like, Tyler, uh, we saw Tyrell Williams beat Chris Harris a couple times when they played. Like, I, Chris Harris is good. I'm not saying that, but Keenan Allen's one of the best wide receivers. You don't worry about matchups with him. And I feel like people will stay away from after he laid an, laid it, laid an egg against Miami when in reality he just, you know, yeah, they're they just up big and he didn't care. Uh, we mentioned Marquise Brown. Um, you've got to buy the old flame. Just, just the play old, Fitzgerald. The old sexy grandmother flame. The, the one thing I will say, and this is another thing Gretch talked about this morning on the podcast, Arizona's um, average depth of target has gone down the last couple of weeks as they've realized they can't protect Kyler Murray. Mm. Is that good or bad for uh That's yeah. bad for Larry. We used to think that would be good for Larry because it means he's getting more targets, but he was getting those deep targets as well. 
I don't think they're going to have a hard time protecting Kyler Murray against this Bengals defense. I think they can uh, extend the offense just a little bit more again, and Fitzgerald might see 15 targets with no Christian Kirk. Mm, interesting. How about tight ends? Mark Andrews, top tight end play. What about your top contrarian play? And I, again, I put these out there early in the week, so hopefully this is contrarian, but I would assume everyone just wants to stay with, away from everything Raiders related against the Bears this week. And listen, they're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Darren Waller is their number one wide receiver in terms of volume. He just happens to play tight end. So I'll play a little bit if the ownership is low enough. I was trying to pull up to see the early uh, ownership projections, and he does not look contrarian. Really? So if that holds, then I will have to uh, I'll have to come up with a new name. <laughs> and uh, let me just see if I can come up with one. Of the, you know who it's going to be? Dirt cheap Jordan Akins, 4,800 wow. against the Atlanta Falcons, who once again have had everyone on defense get hurt and are terrible. What about uh? What about old um? Ben Watson with the Patriots. Uh, no. Nope. No, no interest. I, I don't believe the Patriots actually use tight ends anymore. <laughs> I don't think the, the, are the Patriots good on offense? They are from an NFL perspective. I hate their guts from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good one. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's it. Any good beer you try this week? Oh. I oh boy, and I, we talk about this sometimes. And you say when I'm down there, I'm going to have to go do this, and then we never go do the thing that you say that we're going to have to go do. Okay. I don't. You ever go do it without me? It'd be kind of rude if you did. Um, there is a brewery that that's been around for a while, but uh, I went back to it this week. Banging banjos. I've, I've never been there. It is. We talked about probably that? eight to ten minutes away from the office. Okay. Um, they have a new flight that all of their flight holders are banjos and you get six beers in your flight. Yes. They have come out with a new one that is enormous. You cannot order it by yourself. You must go with someone else to order it and they keep both of your driver's licenses until it's been completed so that one person doesn't just go with you to order it because I like that. All 24 of the beers they currently have on tap at that time in a flight tray, five ounce pours. That's a lot of beer. For Yes. And their beer was spectacular this most recent time that I was there. Okay. Um, I will tell you, just, I'll just give you two names real quick. I, I, I like this was one of those trips where you mark multiple five star beers. Wow. That's pretty good. And so you need to go to this place, Bangin' Banjos. And I'm the currently Googling if you hear my if you're typing. One that I am going to have tonight because my parents are in town and they're coming over for dinner and I bought a bottle just for this dinner. Do your parents drink beer? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Lots of beer. Uh so they just drink a normal amount of beer, not more than anyone else. And they don't they don't drink lots of beer. Um chocolate <laughs> banana milkshake. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. It is nine point two percent. And I think it was the fourth highest alcohol volume stout that I had during this trip. Wow. Okay. Um, they have one called Real to Real, which is an Imperial Double Milk Stout, twelve point seven percent Milk Quake, an IPA milkshake. Oh, I like I like milkshake IPAs. They're tough in the summer, though. What are you talking about? They're thick. They're thick. They have like they have the uh, the lactose in them a lot of times. Oh, 
No, they're delicious. Don't get me wrong. They're fan- all beers are year round beers and they're fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I do agree with that idea. I do agree with that idea. So yes, that's, that was what I experienced and it was wonderful. Um, I got two from the same brewery that, uh, oh no, actually, I think, uh, let's see. I think I can find. So, um, my good friend, uh, at the Darren Smith show, uh, out in San Diego, I do a weekly hit with them on Mondays at 5 p.m. And in lieu of payment, they send me Marty Caswell, their excellent producer, mails me a box of beer from San Diego. Would they like somebody to come on and give fantasy advice? They, they probably would. Um, should... I, I will, I will, uh, I will talk to them. So the, um, the ones that I got a new, I got a fresh batch yesterday, uh, or maybe on Tuesday or whatever it was. And I, I've had three of them since then because you, know, you got a sample and their IPAs are fresh. Uh, Thorn Brewing in San Diego. The, uh, the logo is a raccoon on a, um, on a giant unicycle. Well, not a unicycle, one of those big, big wheeled bicycle things. Like the old timey bikes with the big wheel and the little wheel in the back. Yeah. Like it's just a cool little logo. But the Hopster Pot, uh, New England Hazy IPA and their Relay IPA, both, which is a West Coast IPA, both outstanding. Um, and then I also got a, uh, Oh, Port Brewing Company's Wipeout IPA. Very, very good as well. So if you happen to be in San Diego and listening to this podcast, those are delicious beers. And I, I will work on getting you a hookup for that as well. Yeah. Uh, that That's it for us. Again, make sure subscribe, review, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. If you have a fantasy question, maybe it could be fantasy strategery. We'll get to it with Heath. Maybe it's a DFS question, like how do I stack, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, feel free to holler at me on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys two shows tomorrow. Thanks, Heath. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.